0: <clears throat> you know the word says um that our our praise our praise our worship is like a fragrant offering to god All Right? i just can't i can't help um but to wonder you know this is kind of a this is kind of maybe a, a, a little bit of a stretch in biblical interpretation, so give me a little space here, but, um, but I, I, I'm wondering or I'm betting if like that fragrance of offering to God is kind of like the fragrance of tacos <laughs> to us, because I smell those tacos downstairs and it's like, I get it now, I get it, all right. Um, so after, after service, uh, today, um, uh, we want to invite you all downstairs to have lunch with us. Um, kind of, seems kind of weird that I'm, I'm inviting you downstairs. Please come downstairs and honor me. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I was asked to make that announcement. Okay. So uh <laughs> please come please come downstairs and have lunch with us um uh, we're having tacos downstairs after right after service so uh, we'd love to have you uh just come and, and join us uh it's going to be a it's like a comedy central style roast of pastor cory um, oh man that would be fun <laughs> okay so um uh If you have a copy of the scripture, uh, take it out for me this morning. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4. We're going to get there. Uh, I'm going to read that for you in a minute, but uh, just put your finger in Mark chapter 4. There should be Bibles in the seats for you. There's also, um, if you have our app, there's a link to the Bible on there or your own Bible app, and then we'll have it on the screen for you here in just a minute. But um, we're in this series called The Storyteller. and um, uh, We believe that Jesus was one of the greatest storytellers of all time and he used he used stories to communicate spiritual points and we call those stories parables right and and the parables they're not necessarily literally true right so there wasn't um, not not necessarily a, you know pastor cory had been preaching the last couple of weeks on the on the parable of the prodigal son right And there's two sons and there's a father and there's This whole story well when we talk about it being literally or not literally true right there 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 likely wasn't a literal father and two literal sons but jesus told a story right in order to communicate a spiritual point and that's what parables are they're stories that communicate uh points and 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 by and large those stories are kind of left open-ended Meaning, there's there's never really any definitive, this is what the parable means. Do X, do Y, this is the point I'm trying to make. Jesus kind of just tells the story and then leaves it there. Now the parable we're talking about this morning is rare. In the sense that Jesus doesn't just leave it there. I Meaning he doesn't, he doesn't tell the story and then allow the hearers to come to their own conclusions about what it means. And there's a reason. Um, this is a, one, a very rare parable in a lot of ways. Uh, one is that um, it is in all three of what we call the synoptic gospels, or the, the, the first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's one of the only parables that are in all three of those gospels. All right? Uh, it's called the parable of the sower. And, and Jesus doesn't leave the parable of the sower open-ended. He explains the meaning himself. Well, why is it different than the rest of the parables where he just leaves them up for kind of interpretation? Well, there's a really specific reason, and it's that, that's because the disciples asked him, Jesus, what does this parable mean? I, you know, it's interesting to... It's interesting to wonder, we don't really know, but it's interesting to wonder what about this specific parable made the disciples go like, wow, I got to know what you mean by that one, Jesus. You, you've got to tell me, like, tell us, give us more. So interesting the way you tell the story. Let us know what it is. They're like, we want, get, go further, Jesus. Keep, keep going, right? You ever, you ever in one of those environments with a with a person who's a really, really good storyteller, right? And you're, and, and you're just like, don't stop. you like, keep going. We want more. Keep going. And That's kind of how the disciples were here, and uh, they wanted Jesus to continue to explain, but they probably wished that Jesus didn't after he did because the communication of the meaning of the parable kind of laid out some pretty difficult or hard-to-swallow truths Like, not everyone who hears the things that I'm saying is actually listening. Well, what do you you talk? Not everyone who looks at the things that I do actually sees what I'm doing. This is, like, this is kind of like, a, it could be a commentary on Jesus' teaching, or it could be a commentary on marriage, right? Are you, I, know, I know you're hearing me, but are you listening? Right? I, know, I know you saw what I did, or I know you're looking, but did you actually see? Right? And, and, and what Jesus essentially explains here in the parable, he was like, yeah, we, there's a big crowd of people. And that big crowd of people is almost always following me. They're almost always listening to my teaching. They're seeing the interaction between me and the religious leaders of the day. They're seeing the tremendous miracles. They're seeing me multiply the loaves and the fish. And the fish. And then they're following me around to the other side of the sea. But, but be careful the way in which you judge the, the, the importance that you put behind the size of the crowd. Because just because there's a crowd doesn't mean they're hearing what I have to say. Just because they're seeing what I'm doing doesn't mean they're actually seeing it. All right? Man, let's get really deep for us really quickly. And I think it's going to this morning. All right? Because what, what Jesus continues to say in his explanation of the parable to his disciples is that, listen... If everyone actually saw, like not just was looking at, but actually saw what I was doing. If everyone actually heard what I'm saying, their hearts would no longer be hard. Their spirits would no longer be calloused. Minds would no longer be closed. Their eyes would no longer be blind, but they would see. They would turn, and I would save them. Jesus says. The Gospel of Matthew, uh, the account this this um, parable in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter thirteen, is probably the most extensive part where he um, like describes the parable. We're actually going to read out of the the Mark version of this parable um, just because it's a little bit more readable for us this morning. So um, if you have your scripture uh, to Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. After Jesus began to teach by the lake, the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got out into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore. He needed more space. He was like, I'm going to just stand on the boat out in the water because, like, get off me, bro. All right? He taught them many things by parables. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hear it, people. Don't just listen to it. If you have ears to hear, hear what? I'm saying, everyone understands that there's a difference between hearing something and like actually listening, or listening and actually hearing, right? You all get that? You all been on your phone before, and you can hear someone talking to you in the background, and they're like, what do you think? And you're like, yeah, yeah, right. Or something similar, right? Never happened to you? Okay, just me, just me, all right. Uh, When he, verse 10, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and, and be forgiven. There's this, like, Jesus is... He's like not even, he's not even masking the fact that he knows there are people that are following him that aren't listening to a word he's saying or actually seeing a thing that he's doing. It he was like, so I teach in parables because then I know that those who really hear and those who really see and those who really believe they're, they're like, they're really on board. Like they, they, they really get it because there's always going to be people in the crowd, Right. That are that are following, maybe just to see circus. Maybe just to see the the hugely miraculous things, right? And if you think, right, for one second, that Jesus wasn't aware of that, or that, or that Jesus had some kind of romanticized version about how every single person that was following him was a was a dedicated disciple of him, you're you're completely wrong. Because in other, in other places in the gospel, um, Jesus, Jesus said intentionally difficult things to send away people that he knew were not committed. The rich young ruler for what must I do to inherit internal life, teacher, uh, do this, and do this, and do this, and do this. Oh, I've done all those. All right, well, um, uh, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Whoops. I can't do that, and he walked away. Right? Jesus knew, bro. You, you're not. No, don't like. Don't flex like you're somehow like my best best disciple. I know the game, right? So let's just get this over with and move on. Right, this is this is not this is not like uber polite Jesus that we always envision. Verse thirteen, Jesus said to them. Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. So the seed is the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word The desires for other things come in, choke the word, and make it unfruitful. Others, like good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Now, I am by no stretch of the imagination a farmer, but I know a 30, 60, or 100 times uh, yield on what was sown is a miraculous yield. It's big. Um, What is also interesting about this parable is that everything that Jesus does describe, he doesn't describe, he doesn't say who the farmer is. Right? Uh, That's the only thing he doesn't describe. He just says, hey, the seed that's sown is the word. The people are the different types of places where the seed ends up. Meaning, right, straight out in the parable, if you line up all four places, Jesus is already saying, hey, preachers, sowers of the word, expect about 25% of your audience to hear you. Like That's going to be a pretty good number. Jesus describes the casting of seed, the places that it falls. He then goes on in verses 13 to 20 to, to, to explain... The parable to the disciples after they ask him about it. Now, what I, what, what I think is that there's a word here for you and I, right? There's a word for my heart. There's a word for your heart. And, and then um, there's also a word for the church, for, for the gathered community. And, and, and maybe, maybe even more specifically, there's a word for, um, the, for lead, church leadership, of which I am part there is a word for uh, church leadership. Um, we're going to get to that here in a minute. But let's, let's look at, just for a few minutes, um, the different places where the seed landed. Where, where did the seed that was sown land? Well, the first place that it landed, it was said that, um, verse 4, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. That that sounds, that sounds like just common sense, right? If you sow seed along a hard path, a place where the, the seed can't bury itself down into the soil, where, there, where water cannot um, be surrounding the seed, where it can't germinate, where it can't sprout roots, that, that it's, it's not going to work. It's either going to be blown away or a bird is going to come and eat it down In verse 15, we see the explanation of this particular part of the parable. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Listen, do you understand that the sowing of spiritual seed is a battle where we are facing an enemy? That it's not... We're not just talking about agricultural metaphors here. We're, we're dealing with a spiritual reality where when we go about the work of sowing and casting the word of God in people's lives, that we, that we are actively fighting a battle against someone who desires to only steal what we're working hard to do. To as, as soon as it hits the ears of the hearer, as soon as it hits... The soil of someone's heart. The enemy swoops in to grab it. And the scripture says that um, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Uh, In other gospels, both both in Matthew and Luke... One of the descriptions that, or one of the explanations that Jesus gives for the reason that this seed is stolen so easily, is because those who received, who who are the people on the path and whose seed was um, sown on it, they they didn't understand it, right? That it was not understood. If you go to um, the account in Matthew, in fact, let's not take my word for it, right? Let's look at Matthew chapter thirteen. All right, if you look at Matthew chapter, this is always good, right? You know, you just you don't want to just like have a preacher standing up before you and be like, "Oh, and in other places it says this," right? Oh, you, okay, where is that other place, right? Like, like, let's let's explore the Word of God ourselves, right? Don't don't take my word for it ever. So if you look in verse um, 18 and 19, Matthew chapter 13, listen then to what the parable of the sower means, right? Same story, different gospel. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path, right? um preachers are um preachers are and will be eternally guilty right of um flexing their theological and seminary muscles to the detriment of those who will never understand right the the highly theological principles that they're trying to communicate here's what it really here's what we're really boiling it down to look the sowing of seed in people's lives should make sense meaning you're not doing more you're not doing you're not doing better by being theologically pinpoint accurate and deep but people aren't getting it all right that's that's not that's not getting the applause of heaven right Because because all that happens is if if you lay down this theological ribeye for people to eat, but all their system is ready for is a bottle of milk, right? You've done yourself a disservice, and you've certainly done the people around you a disservice, right? When we sow seed into people's lives, we should be aware of the context of their lives. We We should be aware that if we if we give them something that they are unable to understand, then it is right picking for Satan to cut, to come in and be like, whoop, right out of their lives. Seed, or the word, must be contextual and applicable to the soil that it is sown in. There's a reason we don't plant pineapples in jamestown and they don't plant grapes in hawaii right the soil is wrong it won't grow it doesn't make sense it's not contextual it doesn't it's not applicable listen we you and i have to understand the soil of chautauqua county As a church, we must understand the soil that we're throwing seed on. And when when Pastor Corey comes up and reads what we've what is named our conduit ministry strategic framework, that you will learn more about on Vision Twenty Twenty Five night, right? We are we're, we're, we're asking God, we're we're pursuing God, we're we're pleading with God to. To give us an understanding, to give us a, a vision, right, of, of what it means to be seed sowers in Chautauqua County. What is the, Lord, Lord where, what is the soil that we're currently living in? Because we don't want to just be casting seeds on the path or in the rocks or among the thorns. Give us the good fertile soil, Lord. And so we do talk about things like working to reduce rates of mental illness and um, and addiction and, and criminal reoffense and the strengthening of, of marriages in our, both in our church and, and in, our, in our county and the building up of, of God honoring leaders who live like Jesus, love like Jesus, serve like Jesus. So, so an army of people can be sent out into a place where they, they fully understand the type of soil that they' that they're walking on and can cast seeds. Appropriate for the place. Applicable for the place. Jesus goes on in Mark chapter 4 to say that the next place... um, Others, verse 16, are like seeds sown on rocky places. They hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time... When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Boy man this is a commentary on well this is a commentary on a lot of things but right it absolutely it just it shreds my heart to see to see people receive the word with joy, Bel- truly believe it, Tr- truly, truly like grasp onto it with all that they possibly can, and then the, and then the sun comes out, right? Where it says trial comes, persecution comes, difficulty comes, hardship comes, right? and it beats down on that joy it beats down on the on the hope that they that they have in Jesus Christ it it beats down on all that they are and because they they have no because there is no root structure right that anchors them in healthy soil it says that 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 those outside circumstances those trials of life those those hardships they they burn up that young plant they they scorch it. You know, what that, you know what those kind of plants need? They need a little bit of shade from the sun. They just, they just need a little bit of buffer, right? Until they, until they can get a little stronger. Until they can really work their roots down. Stuff grows even in rocky soil. Right? It just needs time to set down some good roots. And that, that takes... That takes a little bit of effort. It takes a little bit of time. You know, you know, you know the thing, the most surefire way or the, or the thing that, 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 that sunshade that those young plants needs uh, is gospel community. Gospel community is the shield that you need in order to set down strong roots. It's it's why we talk. It's why we we say things like, hey, hey people, guess what? As plants, you're going to grow best in groups, not in rows. This is not rootedness here. Here. Okay? Rootedness is when you have other plants around you, right? Some of them taller than you, some of them shorter than you, but, but 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 a place where where you can find shade when the sun is beating down. Gospel community roots you when hardship is at your door. Well, things are just so difficult i'm just doubting god's love for me and uh man and then this happened and then this happened and this happened and then this happened well have you shared these things with your like did you share these things with your with your small group like are they praying for you well uh, yeah i just I'm not a part of a small group right now i mean i just come to church and i listen and right i read my bible every day like listen that's all great that's fantastic that's that's wonderful. But look, the thing that's going to root you is gospel community. You need some people around you. you. You need some men and some women around you who can love you, who can pray for you, who can help you set down deep roots, who can be the shade at your right and at your left and above you and below you and on all sides of you. When the sun is beating down on your life, if you can't find shade in gospel community, you are going to wither up and die. If you can't find shade in gospel community, you will not make it. Guarantee it. Gospel community roots you, especially when things get difficult. And look, um, the f- faith in Jesus Christ, receiving the Word of God, is no hedge against. Things getting difficult. In fact, it's you know, it's one of the only promises that Jesus makes for people that believe in him. Is like, hey, hey, look, yeah, believe by faith, you're gonna have a hard time. These things are not easy to believe, these things are not easy to apply, these things are not, they're not easy to, to it's not easy to change your life, Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 60. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> you ever sick of people leaving, right? Just, just read John chapter six verses sixty through um, sixty-nine. Many disciples desert Jesus. Well, okay. I'm doing all right then. Uh, verse sixty. On hearing it, right, many of his disciples said, "This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it?" Right. Jump down to verse sixty-six. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. That the that the teaching of Jesus, right, that the. That the life of Jesus, the word even, that Jesus sows into our lives, is, um, is is a big bite. It's a big seed. It it takes a lot of it takes a lot of germination, it takes a lot of time. Going back to Mark chapter four, we see that the third place that the Seed is sown is among the thorns. Still others, verse 18. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Here's the the thing about the way that uh, Jesus describes this type of seed, and he describes it in similar ways in the other Gospels, but essentially what he says is that, um, alright, so the seed that's planted in you and um, and the other seed, right, they grow up together. Right? And they're growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And, growing. Um, and, and, and the thorns, right, the bad plant, the bad seed, it It wraps itself around the good seed, the good plant, and it chokes the life out of it. And it it causes it to be unfruitful. This is a really important point, okay? We can't miss that. We can't miss this. There is often the illusion of Christian growth that makes us feel as though we are doing everything we should be doing and growing as we should be, right? But, but listen, um, a plant can grow super, super tall, but the goal of the plant is not just to grow. The goal of the plant is what? To produce fruit, right? And then, and then that fruit... What is, the, what is the, um, the agricultural goal of that fruit? Is to be planted, right? And to produce more fruit. And to produce more fruit, right? So, so the implication here is that if you are not producing fruit, there is something wrong with your plant. It's true, right? Right, if if your plant is not producing fruit, right, so you're growing in the wrong place. You may be growing tall, right? Here, because here, here's here's where it comes down to us. Like, well, uh, pastor, listen, I come to church every Sunday. I listen to every sermon. In fact, sometimes I listen to it on the if. You know, I'm so, I am so strong of a Christian that sometimes I even listen to the app in the middle of the week, but only if I miss the sermon, right? I can't be listening doing it twice, right? I ain't got time for that, right? And, man, I, I, like I, I I give and, um, like, I wear my conduit T-shirt, and um, and uh, I'm, I'm growing tall, and I'm I'm growing in the Lord, and I am like on on fire for God. And the number one question that we have to ask in times like that is, well, okay, um, are you producing fruit? Are you, and when I say producing fruit, are you reproducing the fruit of righteousness? Jesus like living in others around you. And can you can you draw can you draw a straight line? Can you draw a straight line to the person or persons that are following Jesus as a result of your influence? Now we don't want to overmeasure our influence of course. Well, well, I mean it's not me, it's Jesus that draws all men, women, and children to himself. Well, okay. I get it, right? I got it. But listen, there are definitively people in your life that you should be able to draw a straight line from you to them, right? They're believing, right? Because I sowed seed, the seed of the word of God, in their life, right? And it found fertile soil. And now it's growing up, and I'm shading it when I need to so the sun doesn't scorch it as I cultivate the soil around the plant. Because soon enough, it's going to, and I'm plucking these thorns out like, nope, nope, nope. You don't get them. You don't get them. You don't get them. So there comes a time where they're tall enough where they produce their own fruit. Listen, this is our one job. We have one job to make disciples. If you're not making disciples, Disciples, there's something wrong with your soil. The reality here is that what doesn't change in the parable? The one thing that doesn't change is the seed. The seed goes everywhere. The one thing that does change is the soil. So the question we must ask ourselves is, what, what is the soil of my life? Well, I'm here every week. I, I'm here, Pastor, I am, in, I am in church every single Sunday, and let me tell you what, I listen to all of the sermons, I listen on the app, and, and, and I'm listening to every word out of the Bible, and, and nothing is changing for me. My, my life is not, the, the needle on my life is not moving one little, little dash. I, this, this don't work. This doesn't work. Because I'm here every Sunday listening to this and the needle hasn't moved for me at all, right? What the parable is going to tell us is that if, if the needle's not moving, it's not because of this. It's because of the place that this is landing. That there, there's something wrong with your soil. Not with the seed. See, the the thing about seed is that, like I said, I'm not, I'm no farmer, right? And I, my wife and I um, classically have black thumbs, even though we want to have green thumbs, like we kill everything, okay? <laughs> but listen, here's what I understand, um, is that, is that seed uh, does not grow overnight, right? You put, you take a seed. And you put it even in the best soil possible, and then you need to continue to cultivate the soil, and you need to water the soil, and you need to give you you need to give um, that whole environment everything that it needs, and then that soil needs to to germinate, right? And then it needs to grow, and it needs to set down roots. Listen, and 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 we forget like we sometimes that that whole concept, put into like our the language of our spiritual life just blows our mind because what we want is we want the oak tree we don't have any time for the acorn. I got time for that acorn just give me the tree. right The tree starts out as the acorn right and it finds fertile soil in your life. the needle On your spiritual life isn't moving, there's something wrong with your soil. There's something wrong with the soil. Listen, a sermon on a Sunday morning, if that is like, if that for you is is pegging the needle, I'm I'm gonna tell you right here, right now, it's not enough. It's not even close. It's like, it's like the person that goes to the restaurant, right? And they're looking through the menu, and they'll be like, um, yeah, I'll have, um, I'm just going to have this appetizer here. I have these mozzarella sticks. Listen, no, it's not heresy. I know mozzarella sticks are like second to tacos, but um, I'm just going to have these mozzarella sticks. What would you like for your entree? No, I'm good. Appeti- the appetizer will be fine. Just want the appetizer. That'll be fine until morning, right? And what? It's not fine till morning, right? The sermon is like the appetizer, right? It's like, it's like what, um, what 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 spikes your your spiritual appetite for the entree that is the daily cultivation of the soil of your heart as you do what the disciples did, right? Listen, take, there aren't many times where we want to like take the example of the disciples, but here we want to take the example of the disciples. Because they were, Jesus preached a sermon, right? And they were like, man, we ain't satisfied with that appetite. Jesus, give us more. What does that mean? Tell us. Lay it out for us. Like, we want more, we want more, we want more, Right? And Jesus is like, well, roll up your sleeves because here we go, right? And he explained the parable to them. And do you think that among all things that Jesus told and taught the disciples that there was some sticking, some stuff stuck around the parable of the sower? I'm sure they understood as they went out in ministry after Jesus left that it was the cultivation of the soul of people's hearts that needed to be most important among all things. comes back down until what we talked about uh, the the first thing the the difference the reason why Jesus shared parables and and James shares it in his um, in his epistle when he says in James chapter one verse uh, two to twenty five. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a person who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at themselves, they go away and immediately forget what they look like. But the one who looks intently, right? Right? When is the last time that you looked intently into God's word? But the one who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Listen, I know That you want to hear someone stand up and tell you that coming to church is the end-all, be-all in your spiritual journey. I'm here to tell you that that's like barely the soup before the appetizer. It gives you certainly, yes, um, an environment to get connected, an environment to meet other people where you can participate in gospel community it does give you like the 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 spiritual like the sowing of the seed and there are there are going to be times where right where 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 you have cultivated the soil of your life long enough and and there's going to be that one day that a particular seed is sown and it's going to hit fertile soil in your heart right and it's going to explode with growth right but but listen if think that that's all it takes man it ain't gonna do it i wish it did but it's not going to it would make my job so much easier right if it was just get people to church say a few things and then everything's gonna be all right it seems to say that because we all know how untrue that is right but the expectation that we often come on a Sunday morning to is, well, man, I just got to get through that sermon. I'm going to be alright. Not so. Right, because if the soil of your heart is hard, if it is all rocky, if it's all if it's all up with thorns, right? You only got a 25% chance, according to the parable. Here, here's the word, listen, here's the word to the church, all right? If, you, if you're a leader here this morning, you consider yourself a leader. I'll let you make that determination, right? Even if you're a leader in your home, let's say even if you're a leader in your home, you're a spiritual leader in your home, you're a spiritual leader in your, home, you're leader in your workplace, you're, you're spiritually leading someone sitting next to you, all right? Listen, listen to this. Um, We can't just be seed casters. We must be soil cultivators. We must be actively working to cultivate the soil in other people's lives so that when the seed is sown, it finds fertile ground. We must be actively working to pick the rocks out of our children's lives to make sure that thorns aren't growing up next to them that choke out their fruitfulness right we must be actively working to shade people in gospel community from the from the um the predictable and inevitable hardships that they will face once they profess faith in jesus christ we must carry around umbrellas right so we're ready to give people shade and don't do them the disservice of telling them when they come to jesus everything's going to be all right don't lie to them. Tell them everything is going to be hard, but man, you have got a brother for life. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to walk with you. And when you get through this and when you get to the other side, of it, you're going to see how God has used it to completely transform every little bit of soil that you have in your life. And you're going to grow into a plant that produces fruit that produces fruit and that fruit is going to produce fruit and that trial in your life may be the catalytic event needed to create a legacy of faithfulness in your family where there never one was before and that can be you if you're willing like James says to intently look into perfect law of God to not to not be to not be satisfied with the with the small meal that we prepare for you here right say "That, that just wet my whistle for the feast that is waiting for me Every single day. And I will pursue the Lord. And I will pursue the Lord. And I will pursue the Lord until every rock, every hard place of my heart is gone. Every every thorn of my soul has been removed. I'm saying, well, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Yep. I don't have any... Flashy theological insight for you there. It's just a lot of work. It's hard. It's hard. But it's worth it. It is worth it. Let me pray. Lord, we um Lord, we pray that we would not just be hearers of this word this morning. That we would be doers. Lord, what is? Uh, I mean, what does it even mean to be a doer of the word, um, Lord? In, in this context, I would pray, Lord, that um, that each of us, each and every one of us, would be given uh, revelation, Lord, uh, spiritual insight as to the um, the content of the soil in our lives. Why, why isn't the needle moving for me, Lord? Why are things not changing? Lord, take a plow to the soil of my heart. Dig down deep to turn over. Dig down deep to make a mess of the hard paths the rocky places, the thorns that I have allowed to grow up. Lord, make my life uh, a place where, 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 the, where your word can take root and, and, and can grow. Lord, show yourself strong to me. Make yourself real to me. Help me to produce fruit for you. In Jesus' name.